This episode is a rebroadcast of a Facebook Live event. To see Martha and Nellie's live show, please follow their Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Bubble Lounge Club. That's facebook.com backslash Bubble Lounge Club. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson, and today is Friday, May 1st, and we survived another week in quarantine. And today is the day that Texas is opened in phase one, reopening restaurants, movie theaters, and retail at 25% occupancy. And whether you agree with that or not, one thing's for sure, we're all in survival mode right now. We're all, we've been surviving at home with our family members for weeks, and then we're gonna be surviving trying to get back into the routine. And today we have the ultimate survivor, Missy Payne, who's a Park City's mom, and she was a finalist on season 29 of The Survivor, Blood Versus Water, with her daughter, Baylor. And she also wrote the book, Invisible Seven. Welcome to the show, Missy. Thank you so much, Martha and Nellie. Hello. Hello. It's so fun to have you on the show because really, I had no clue until just five weeks ago how much I would have to pull out my survival skills. I mean, you probably did. You probably, you probably knew what was coming. I was, I was dumbfounded. I don't think I actually knew the parallel of quarantine and island life until about seven days in, because I feel like everybody was adjusting. But as soon as the seven days in, it was just dawned on me that, it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it really is, Missy, because I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to have my own little uh, tribal, uh, tribal meeting and light my torch and vote Sean off of the island because <laughs> he's been too bossy during this quarantine. So there's definitely a lot of similarities. You. I don't want to support you, Martha, but I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot. A lot of families that would like to vote each other off <laughs> their island. I mean, absolutely. Um, is, it is, you know, not very fun to have your torch snuffed. I'm very lucky that that didn't happen to me on Survivor, which is when your game is over, because mm -hmm. I did make it to the end, which was like, ah. But I will tell you that um, the, the similarities are huge, and people have been calling me going, you know, how did you do it? How did you do this for 40 days? And I mean, aside from maybe challenges in the mud, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel a little bit like everybody's been there, you know, where you're just in this stuck in this mud and, and, and survivor <laughs> is all about mud challenges. And so that's kind of been my analogy is look, you will get unstuck, but you're going to have to learn to adjust just a little bit to the mud. Well, I can see that because I feel like I've been moving through sludge. That's how I describe it. I feel like I'm moving <laughs> through sludge. And so um, obviously you survived. And my question for you about Survivor was, how did you prep yourself? Like, obviously you have a lot of mental toughness. Uh, I did my research on you. You know, you, you're definitely mentally tough. But how did you really prepare? Or was there any way to prepare really? Had I had a little more time, honestly, Nellie, I, I mean, we had about seven weeks to disappear from our lives. And that is because the way the audition series works and you go to finals, there was another mother daughter 
apparently pair that was in our spot and they just weren't happy. So production said, let's try one more time. And so Baylor and I got on really late. So I said, you know, my brother was in the Navy. So I said, Johnny, what would be the best way to prepare for this? He said, get outside, get very uncomfortable, maybe wet in the rain, learn how to make fire and start eating chicken fried steak. <laughs> okay. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen my season, I did none of those things because I was so freaked out trying just to prepare for leaving and leaving my other daughter and my business. And I had to start playing survivor like with friends. And so I, I didn't really do the physical preparation as well as I probably could have. Okay. Well, so you were there for 40 days. You were sleeping on the ground. You didn't shower. You didn't brush your teeth. But here's the part that I really want to know about. Nellie and I, of course, both have kids. You were on there with your daughter. And I cannot imagine, A, being on the show to begin with, but B, having my daughter with me and having, she got bullied quite a bit on the show from what I've seen. And I, that, I, I don't know how I could handle that. How'd you do it? So Martha, the little card you held up that had Sean's name <laughs> on it, so they've made multiple social media posts about Baylor, 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 Baylor. I mean, she was almost voted off multiple times. And I, the show, the way the show works is I don't get to see that because we're on different tribes. But when people were mean to her in front of me, Mama Bear came out. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, you can't imagine how hard that is. I mean, even like, Think about your child getting left out of a birthday party. Yeah. Times um, 1,000. Well, Missy, tell everybody how old she was at the time, just because the audience may not know that. Okay, Nellie. So she was 20. And so she was the youngest female and I was the oldest female, which also added an element of, you know, kind of just a great target, I think, for everyone else. And um, I think I was targeted too, in a way, but I because I was the oldest female, there was one other guy a little older than me, but um, Keith, if you've seen my season, but I voted him out. But um, I got smarter to figure out who would be coming after me so I could save both of us. And I mean, it is just, it's a tough game. I really am a terrible liar. Like, and that is the name of the game. It's everybody's a liar. And so if you aren't good at that, don't play. Because I, the reason I didn't win is because I just couldn't really like stab people in the back. And, you know, especially I got injured on day 30. So that added a whole nother element. And then people were after both Baylor and I for sure at that point. But I mean, the, it, it was a very interesting dynamic. They, they already done this theme before called blood versus water and it worked really well. And so they brought this one back, but these were all new players so it was very emotional for all of us because none of us had ever played. Well, Missy, what was the hardest part about being on the show? What was like the biggest challenge? Did you ever think, I just can't do this anymore? Oh, Martha, I tell people I can't pinpoint one because there's physical, mental, and emotional. And so like the physical challenges are hopefully obvious to the viewer. I mean. I got attacked by bugs. I got bug bites in places that I didn't know you could get bug bites. And I, um, I mean, you're starving, literally starving to death. You get like right. this much white rice, okay, mm -hmm. until you run out. 
And, and that was really tough. You're, you're going to the bathroom in the woods. Um, I mean, no toothbrush, no toilet paper. That was tough. The mental part, literally, it's almost like you're so paranoid. I now really have an appreciation for people who have been in the military because when you get back, you're just, you're so messed up because you're paranoid. But the piece that I don't think I was really ready for was the emotional part. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty tough. And so, and I've been through a lot in my life, but man, it was so the emotional piece. And there was a day, they didn't show a huge uh, portion of this conversation I had with Jeff Probst, but it was, I just want to go home. I just missed my bed. I mean, I'm, I'm miserable. And it was right before I got injured. So I, I don't know if that was foreshadowing because my body was so weak or what, but I would just have to say out of the three emotionally, it was very, very tough. Well, I want to tell you a little story okay. because I survived going to school at Yale in New Haven and they had this party. It's related. I'm just going to tell you, but it is a story. They had this party in Santa Monica, California. I moved here from LA. They had a party in Santa Monica for all the new Yale grads. So I went, it's this beautiful party. There was a bouncer at the front door, this big, large man. He was like, uh, are you on the list? And I was like, uh, yeah, I paid my thing. I know the guy, I'm obviously on the list. He basically said, just go in, because he was so annoyed by me. And I go in, and it's this incredible party, this great food, and there are all these young kids there. So, you know, like 20, like your daughter, I'm talking to everybody, I'm walking around trying to, the, the, the party was welcome the new Yale grads to California and say congrats for graduating. And I'm walking around, I'm like, oh my God, how are you? How was your college experience? You know, when I was at Yale, blah, 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 and I'm talking to all these people and I see blank stares. And I'm like, I'm not at the right party, am I? And they're like, no, it's the rap parties for Survivor. And I literally was walking around. They were all PAs. You know, PAs are all young. So they look just like new grads. And I'm literally saying to all of them, when I was at Yale, I was really as a la la la. They're looking at me like I'm out of my freaking mind. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nelly, that's hilarious. I know. <laughs> do, you, do you know what season it was or anything? Like, this was not your season. It was, it was prior to that. Like, it was a couple <laughs> years before that. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. And because we've been here for a while. So, you know, but anyway. Especially <laughs> those parties are kind of underground, like you don't know where they are. You must have stumbled upon the wrong address because well, that. They were both at cigar bars. One was at the cigar bar in Beverly Hills and one was at the cigar bar in Santa Monica. And I just went to the wrong place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you live and learn and, and you were talking your way through. Or you could have gotten in if you just had kept trying. <laughs> so, uh, Missy, it was really your experience on the show that was kind of your tipping point that inspired you to write your book and um, The Invisible Seven. And tell us about that. I mean, this sounds like such a great book. It's You've been hired by corporations and schools to do team building. And it sounds like something that I think could really help us all right now during this crazy time. Well, I believe that every single character trait in the book is something that is has been strengthened by this quarantine, whether people know it now or they will. Um, this is the visual aid, the Invisible Seven. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, it's a notebook style. I did that because I wanted it to be able to have lines for people to journal and, and as they grew through the challenges and their character really would strengthen. And so here's what happened for me. I got home and 
you know, I came up with three basic survival skills that I think you could use anywhere. And it's what I used on the island. And so the three survival skills are um, be humble. So not just like be humble and stand back behind the leader and let someone else have the spotlight. Be humble was like ask for help. And I learned that when I got injured on the island. And then have no shame. And that was like where you're from. I mean, anything about your life. And because when you play Survivor, you play twice. And when they premiered the show, I had no idea what they were going to, you know, what the edits would look like or anything. And so in front of like 60 friends and family plus the entire world, I was introduced as, and Missy and Baylor, the mother-daughter duo this season, Baylor's had to grow up really fast because of Missy's divorces. Wow. So that, oh, yes, yes. So that was like, okay. So what do you do with that, right? So I just, it was great because it freed me of any shame or I ever had of any experience because I feel like that, yeah, I'm not totally proud of, of some of the, proud of how I've reacted and responded to them. And that's the bottom line. And, and if you carry shame, you can do that. So that made me. And then the third one was never quit. Just don't give up. No matter what, whatever you set your mind to, my grandmother always said, whatever you set your mind to, you can do. And so these three survival skills you could use for anything. And so when I got home, I was like, okay. So I started speaking using those. Well, it dawned on me as I started working with teens and giving them sort of survivor-esque challenges, but, but more so relationally, like how do you go out into your community or, or how do you, um, you know, establish a different relationship with family members or how do you build um, at school? So as that happened, I would ask them, okay, what was that like? I'd send them, send them out to do various activities and challenges. And these character traits were screaming at me. And I was like having this aha moment. That's what happened on the island. So the seven, the character traits of the invisible seven that you're born with, but they lay dormant until you get tapped into. And, and how you do that is by being challenged in your life, nudged out of your comfort zone. And so I start with equality which is if you strip away everyone's elements, like right now in this quarantine, everybody's equal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of your company or if you're the custodian. Everybody, it's level the playing field. And so my book has activities to do that with groups of people, whether they're teens or whether they're adults. And then from there I go, my second trait is equality. I mean, it's humility, sorry. Humility, what, what I already told you, same thing. Um, integrity, so what would you do if a camera crew was following you around 24 by seven um, in our houses right now in the quarantine? What if there were cameras <laughs> showing, uh, okay, our attitude and what we're saying and voting each other off, right? And then resilience. The resilience piece was huge because we all had to have resilience to get through this, whether it's, it's financial burdens, whether, you know, there's been so many people that have lost their jobs. Um, resilience to get through like every day with husbands and wives at home all the time, you know, things like that. Self-discipline. So quarantine for me has been really hard not to get up and go to the refrigerator every 30 minutes mm -hmm. because it's like, well, what I, you know, oh, okay, I'll eat something else. I mean, terrible, but self-discipline. Um, and then compassion was the other one that just was screaming out at me on the island. But then this quarantine, I feel like a lot of the news, I don't watch, but some of the, the news, there was a man that 
you know, was trying to get to the food bank to feed his children and waited in line for two hours. And, and then the next, he went to another one cause they were out. And the next day there was just an outpour of people helping and having compassion for him. And then the last one is generosity. And I know for a fact that out of this, even though people are going to feel, okay, I can't give monetarily, there's going to be a lot of people, and there have been in this quarantine, volunteering, doing anything they can to, to be generous. And so it's interesting to me because I was already prepared because of that. Not because I'm any better than anyone else, but I wrote the book. And so mm -hmm. it's like, okay, not just because I played Survivor, but because this book has all these challenges and these mental, you know, it pushes you mentally, emotionally, physically, and, and it has worked. And every group I've worked with so far over the course of the past years has said, this is the most different leadership program I've ever experienced because it's simple things like get to work or get to school 30 minutes early, hold the door open for everyone and just say hello. And I will tell you right now, y'all, the response just from that challenge was, oh my gosh, a girl rolled up to the, to the school grounds with her mom and they had been in a fight and she got out of the car and had huge crocodile tears and I had compassion for her all day. Like, see? And then the other person that was at work said, okay, I was super humbled because I actually didn't know like six or seven people's names that I work with as they walked through the door. So it's like simple relational pieces as well as getting out into your community and doing some service. And it's been really fun for me to see the shift. So I hope to do a post quarantine um, sort of group with the same people I've worked with just to hear, okay, how well prepared were you? Well, you know, it's okay. Missy, I mean, obviously you're a badass and, um, you know, just from, from the raw survival of survivor, the show, but what I love that you're hitting upon is the, um, uh, generosity of spirit towards others. And also it's about relationships. And I think that's what really translates to every situation. Yes, I agree, Nellie. And I said this just recently to a man who was, He's looking at my book to use with his group for the fall. And I, I said, this is what's really resonating with me is when I was on the island, you, you don't really know in that moment. So 40 days of quarantine, 40 days on an island, it's like this. And so you're like, ah, and you're, you know, you're going to experience emotion, frustration, etc. But at the end of that, at the end of that, when the floodgates open again, I'm telling you right now, there will be an influx of gratitude like we haven't seen in our community, in our city, in our state, in our country. Okay. And, and I'm telling you, it will, it will happen. Not 100% because nothing's perfect, but, but there will be that because when you strip away people's elements, just like I started with equality, you strip away their comfort zone, you strip away what they know, everyone has to adjust. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point, I feel like when I was actually at the very end of the show and made it to the end and you're kind of like loopy and dirty, but at the very end, we were at the very final tribal council. And I remember Jeff Probst saying, congratulations, game over. I'll see you back in the U.S. And these camera guys started coming out of like the woodworks, you know, and I knew they were around all the time, but at tribal, they were hiding in the bushes and in the set. And they were, they started like high-fiving me and wanted to shake my hand. And I said, 
is it okay if we talk to you? Because the whole 40 days, it was like we'd been tasered if we spoke to, you know, it was like, don't, don't. And so it's that, it's that experience where I feel like when you come out of it, it takes a minute, but you really do have this influx of just gratitude. I mean, I'm grateful that for my parents and my gosh, I mean, looking in a mirror, it sounds so simple, but we didn't have that. So little things, food, obviously. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I just, I definitely took things for, I didn't appreciate things as much as I do now. Just your, like your freedom to get in your car and go to a restaurant or go to a retail store or whatever it is. Um, but I agree with you. We're all going to have a big sense of gratitude and want to give back. Um, so let's say that we're a big corporation and we hire you to do a seminar for our company. Tell me how you apply the seven steps to a corporation. How do you work with a team for team building? It depends on who hires me and it depends on how much time I have, Martha, because I can't work all seven traits in an hour and a half, but I have done two day events where a company in Florida actually had me for two full days. And so I could get through, I could give them a taste because I do want everybody to leave, you know, with the book in hand. So we'll do a few of them in here, but on the spot, there's, there's things like blindfolding people, tying them together, <laughs> making them search for items. There's a physical element of making people really uncomfortable um, to then there's other ones like, I want you to write a letter of affirmation to somebody in the company that is really challenging to you. And they'll all look at me like, what? Now everybody knows. I'm like, that's not the point. It's not going to matter. There will be a shift. And so those companies will call me back and say, wow. So I work with as many of the, the character traits as I can, giving activities and challenges that you do on the spot or that you would do in the office. Or if it's teens, those groups, I actually had a mom call me from Oklahoma because I worked with kids up in Oklahoma. She said, my son has asked to come home and vacuum the living room. What's going on? Said, <laughs> it was offer service to someone in your family for three hours this weekend. and. The kind of fun thing I think too is I've tried to make this, you know, inspiring and exciting for everybody, but there's points assigned to each challenge. So you can do it as a competition. And so two different groups of people can do it. And, and so the Florida people invited me back and that, and as they had competed throughout that sort of spring, then I did like an outdoor survivor, amazing race games outside with them with the top teams it was a blast it was a blast so right now i mean i'm being hired to work and i could speak for an hour and 15 minutes or i could actually do a retreat type setting or a two-day one day you know I, I really just work around what people need well i hearing you speak it makes me think that this was, is a great idea for teenagers and especially if they're being bullied uh, really, really a great way to have them find themselves. And I also think it seems like a precursor to um, sorority and fraternity hazing, <laughs> but not really, <laughs> with a healthy outcome. <laughs> I mean, Nellie, you're on to something. So I have had counselors of schools write me and say, okay, this is changing the vibe of our school. So one of the challenges was, I want you to write a letter of affirmation to somebody who's completely opposite of your friend group. So you see this 
prior to the book being out, but they had to film to verify they had done it. Mm-hmm. And so this little girl, you could tell, was like the bookworm. She's, she actually had a physical note, and her friend was filming, and she comes around the camera, and she hands it to the jock, you know, stereotype, and he does this awkward kind of side hug, but it was this moment, this 15 seconds of, yes, yes. And then I did another one where a girl had to write a note to her most intimidating teacher and they filmed it. And she said, hi, I'm doing this project and I'm supposed to give my most intimidating teacher a Valentine's card. And he said, oh, that's not nice. And I asked her, I said, what happened next? Because all we saw was that moment. She said it was a game changer, relationship yeah. changer. And, and the same thing happens with students in schools because you're nudging, you're giving them an excuse to go do what the really is in their heart, which might be holding the door open or carrying somebody's books or, or sitting with someone different at lunch or, you know, the little things that I do relationally. And it really has worked. There have been people that have said, wow, this has pulled her out of her shell or this has pulled him down a notch from his pride, you know. We need to get you to speak at Shelton where my son goes to school. Oh, I would absolutely love to. We really do. That's like the perfect place for something like this because a lot of kids who end up going to Shelton have been bullied for the learning difference or for some other reason. And, uh, but they're also tough. Like they, they all, to me are are such, um, you know, little models of how we should all be. So I think you'd be awesome to have. So how can people find you? Tell us how people can find you. Well, they can go to my website for starters, which is theinvisible7.com, and it's the number seven, um, www.theinvisible7.com. You know, that's the best way to get me because it'll have my email on there and it'll give them a little place to email me. Mm -hmm. Or you guys can just give them my email if you want. If you want to add some copy on here and we can just tell them how to email me because I would love to. And I, I I would think that this upcoming fall, there's going to be a huge rush for schools and companies needing some sort of guidance on, okay, how do we take what we've done and not just throw it in a big pot and say, well, that was crazy. How do we take what we feel and Mm -hmm. like circle back and go, okay, what was that like? And how are you going to apply it? Because I think that's the piece that we're missing even after survivor, you know, I mean, I'm not doing anyone else's job or saying names. However, I had written sort of a post vote off kind of handbook because they had psychologists and people, but there were so many things you needed to process and say, and this quarantine is the same way. It's not, I mean, I feel like that there's going to be, like I said, the influx of gratitude, but there's also going to be an influx of how do we adjust now? What could we do? How could we capitalize on this? And Invisible 7 will do it. And I'm excited to be everywhere I can to help kick that off. Well, thank you so much for sharing your survival skills. I think it's going to help so many of us post-quarantine as we integrate back into real life. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy. And and yes, perfect timing for everybody to to get out there and have no fear, no shame, and, and get back to real life. Well, you've been so inspirational. So thanks so much for being on the show, Missy. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. So that's been another episode of the Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And we'll catch you next time.